Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we will study God's Word. Good morning, PCC. I'm Brian Wren, your transition lead pastor. And whether you're in person or online, we're so glad you're with us today. We're in the midst of a series uh, called Finding the Way. It's a study of Psalm 119. As you walked in, you want to make sure you got a slice of the psalm today. Each Sunday when you walk in in the summer, there's a slice of the psalm. So if you didn't get one, go back and grab it, or somebody will hand them out to you, because you'll need this in a moment. But during this series, we're really going after three areas of growth in our lives as we study Psalm 119, the largest chapter in the Bible. You can see it on your psalm slice. There's three words, gratitude, awe, and dependence. Will you repeat those with me? The first one, gratitude. Awe, dependence. We'll try it again. Gratitude, awe, dependence. They all go together. I actually think the first two help us get to the last one. We'll hear more about that today. Specifically, where we are in the psalm today, Psalm 119, 33 to 48, we're going to be focusing on specifically on what dependence looks like. I want you to consider this. What's the opposite of dependence? It's pretty simple. Somebody say it. Independence. We're really good at that, aren't we? We're pretty good at independence. We've got a whole country based on that. All right, in many ways, if you think about it, uh, um, independence is this thing that is good for us and not so good for us. Let's go back to the dark valley of COVID when we were at our deepest moment of isolation and self-reliance. What I'm finding, the typical story coming out of COVID season is this, one where independence in many ways, for so many, as I sit at lunches and in my office and talk to folks, became greater than dependence on God. In essence, fear, self-reliance, isolation from other people really created this scenario where independence, we hunkered down, became greater than dependence on God. And as we rise a little bit out of that and have more and more normalcy, we have this opportunity to look around and be like, yeah, where am I? Where am I with being dependent on a community of faith, dependent on a God, dependent on his scriptures, versus am I just kind of living independent, a bit isolated? When I think of this term dependence, it reminds me of a book title by Eugene Peterson years ago. It's a great book title, and it describes what dependence looks like over a long period of time. The book title, you'll see it on the screen, is this. A long obedience in the same direction. Isn't that a good way to phrase it? Isn't dependence a long obedience in the same direction? Now, what I realize, we're not always good at this. And my dog's a really good example of this. If my dog wrote a book and the title was up there, it would be a short obedience in the wrong direction. <laughs> because it seems that my dog is supposed to follow the way of the master, right? And we're trying to follow the way of the master. And sometimes I'm going down the path, and I love to go places where my dog can be unleashed. But you need to have a trained dog when he's unleashed. So I will try to take my dog to remote places that he can't cause other people much trouble. But even then, we'll be going on our way, and I'll look back, and she's not following. Or all of a sudden, there's a deer, and deer are bad for my dog. 
We all have deers in our life that we get drawn to and we lose our way, right? But here's what's interesting. If I pull out the salami, oh, I pull out the salami, the salami, there's gratitude that begins to flow out of her mouth. There's an awe of salami that she wants to come back to and chew on and get back on the way. I'm not asking you to think of your Bible as salami, but maybe there's something that you are drawn to that you could think of your Bible that way, because that's what I find works for my dog. Our big idea today is this, finding the way, because remember, we're trying to find our way back, all right, together and as individuals, finding the way involves persistent dependence. Would you say those last two words with me? I'll say it quick, then you say Persistent dependence. Ready? Persistent dependence. I want you to walk with that today, and that's what we're going to look at. Let's jump into the psalm. This is where you need your slice. Or you can open up your own Bible or the Pew Bible, but open up to Psalm 119, and I want you to look at verses 33 to 48. And I give you this psalm slice because I want you to mark it up as you sit in here. Now, those online on, at home, open your Bibles to Psalm 119, 33 to 48. I give you permission to write in your Bible today. And here's what I want to give you. For about four minutes, I want you to sit in this. Read through 33 to 48. Read through 41 to 48 on the back. And then ponder, what is this saying about persistent dependence, circle words that come out, underline phrases, even ponder answering the questions on the bottom. I'm going to let you do that now for five minutes as Marty plays for us. So. Thank you. 
going to give you about another minute. If you're at home, I'd love to have you throw your thoughts in the chat and what God's revealing. And here in-house today, I'd, I'd love to hear if you raise your hand, I'll pick you, and then I'll repeat it so that uh, everyone can hear it. But what did God reveal to you about persistent dependence on God in the passage? What word, what phrase? Somebody just raise their hand and we'll give, we'd love to hear from you. Right here, Dave, what was it? Dave loves verse 35. Yeah, let's clap for that. That's a good realization. When I walk about in freedom, for I, I will walk about in freedom, for I've sought out your precepts. He says, flip it. For I've sought your precepts, I will walk about in freedom. So when you walk in his precepts, you will experience freedom. Someone else, raise your hand. What are your thoughts? How do you see persistent dependence? Is it a word? Is it a phrase? What's standing out to you? Over there. Why? See, it's fighting for what he, what he, what he needs. He's asking God for help over and over, saying, hey, I, I look at worthless things. Help me to see and look away from those things. Yeah, yeah. He's, why it's saying that he's pleading, he's asking, he's saying, I'm looking at worthless things. Help me not. Help me not. There's this persistent dependence on that. One more. Back there, way in the back, Ted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ted's saying, he's picking out, God is there for me, and there's this desire and this asking to open one's heart to him and so that that person can be dependent on God. When I look at this psalm, and this is the beauty, this is poetry we're studying, people. So are there right answers? Ah, you know, there's an area of right answer here. We're interpreting what a psalmist has written in poetry. And what's the beauty of it is, though, I believe the Spirit can interpret to us what it says very specifically. And that's part of the reason we give you the opportunity to read it on your own, to realize you can do this. You can do this. You can self-feed and have God teach you. I see five characteristics of persistent dependence, and then I see one big thing that God does in this psalm. You may see even more. That's the beauty of this. But let's look at the first two. I see the first two things that makes up persistent dependence is pleading and turning to. Look at the pleading that's going on. Can you see it? Verse 33, teach me, Lord, the ways of your decrees, that I may follow it to what? The end. There's this pleading, God, I want to go the distance with you. 
God, I want a long obedience in the same direction. I want that. I believe there's blessing and benefit. You go back to the very first two passages of this psalm. It says if you do that, if you go the distance with God in the same direction, there is blessing. You know what that term blessing means? Satisfaction. Does that mean trouble-free? No. Does that mean no pain? No. Does that mean at times some really big highs? Yes. But it also means in really lows, he is present. And in the middle, he is there, and there's guidance and directions, and there's great satisfaction that can come. Look what he says next in 34. Beside teach me, he says, give me understanding so I can keep these, and I want to do it with all my heart. There's this, we talked about this last week. It was the big idea last week that following the way is having a humble, open heart, just like this line. Look at 35. Direct me in the path of your commands, for I find delight in them. Lord, I want to yield to your ways. When, when you say direct me to the Lord, you're saying, I'll go second, you go first. Often with my kids as they were younger and even now, uh, we use the acronym PRAY, like P-R-A-Y, before they go to bed. Hey, let's praise God, the P. Let's repent for what you have done wrong today, all right? My kids will then turn that on me. Dad, what are you going to confess now, all right? And then let's ask for some things. All right? And then the last one in P-R-A-Y, it's a simple acronym. You can give that to anybody to learn how to pray. Praise, repent, ask. The Y's for yield. We don't do that very well in America. We think yield is I go first. Yield is actually I'm supposed to be watching for others and for God to go first and direct me in the way I should go. Let me ask you a question as we just hold pleading here. We just put your hand out, just like pretend you're holding pleading. When's the last time you pled? When was the last time you really pled and you said, God, teach me? God, give me. I need you to give me direction here. I need understanding, God. God, direct me in the way I should go. You realize we need to plead at times because our attitude and our actions are off of the way. They're off course. They're like my dog without salami, all right? But if we come back to When we come back to the Lord with a pleading, it can bring us back to follow, to follow the way. I want to encourage you to plead this week about something in your life, about just wanting to follow. Look at the next part, turning. Turn my heart toward your statues and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Selfishness, worthlessness. Selfishness, worthlessness. Selfishness, worthlessness. Will you say it with me? Selfishness, worthlessness. Selfishness, worthlessness. Which one are you turned more towards right now during this season of life? You have your agenda and you want to drive it through and you're just caught up in it. You have this need that you're saying, I need this satisfied from you or from you, and you hold an attitude against somebody until they'll give you that selfish need, selfishness, worthlessness. What's one thing this week you could push aside because you go, I'm getting away from that. That is worthless. It could be an attitude, or it could be something. Don't we all, we all could name one thing that is kind of worthless, that we're way too deeply involved in. You know, 
we care too much about, spending too much time on. The psalmist is saying in persistent dependence, it's willing to identify those things. All right, God, oh, turn me from this selfishness. I want it so bad. All right, Lord, I keep wading into that worthless thing over there. Could you help me? Or who could help me? What do you need to turn from this week? That's selfish or just worthless. Because look what it says. There's a promise right at the end of 37. Your life will be preserved if you follow along that way. Now look at 38 through 42. This is what God does. This is what a persistent, dependent person knows. I need to do my part, pleading, turning, Pleading, turning, but then look at these next five passages. The psalmist is saying this, Lord, this is what I need you to do. I need you to first fulfill your promises to your servant so that you may be feared. God, you have got to come through with all the promises you have. Does anybody know how many promises there are in the Bible for us? Close to 8,000. All right, look it up on the internet. You get this 7,000 crazy number. All right, when you say, how many promises are in the Bible? All right. The reality is, let's just go with the top five, all right? And maybe write these down so you always can remember them. It's E-F-P-P-P, E-F-P-P, eternal life, all right? That's the E. The F, forgiveness, pretty good one, isn't it? I love forgiveness. I need it daily, all right? Eternal life is this future thing. Forgiveness is this daily thing. And then the three Ps, his presence, this promise of his presence is with us. This peace that we can have amidst the storm. And then his provision, the direction, the the need fulfilled. Did you hear those five of the 8,000 promises? Eternal life, forgiveness, his presence, peace, his provision. And you know what they all are just part of? His love for us. They're just part of his love for us. The psalmist is saying, you've got to come through with these Lord, you've got to take away my disgrace. I feel so much shame about how I'm not good at following your way. Will you take that away? And then, Lord, oh, I will long for your precepts. And again, I realize that these are righteous and they will preserve my life if I do. And then look at the last thing that he asked for. May your unfailing love come to me. Because when we allow that unfailing love to come and we live from that unfailing love... The worthless things seem more worthless and we don't need to build our identity around them. Can anybody relate to that? And then the selfish things that we want so much, when we let that unfailing love come into us, these things fall away and they preserve our life. It's it's like we're not getting drowned into the worthless things or drowned in the selfish things. And now think of preserver like this, a life preserver And the word is the life preserver that then helps us float back into the way that brings the most what? Blessing. It's beautiful how it really works. It is so hard. Can anybody else relate? Oh, I need more from that. Come on, you're leaving me hanging. Isn't it beautiful? I mean, Jesus, you are beautiful. The word is beautiful. There is nothing that satisfies more. Oh, but we run to it, don't we? Oh, do we get to it. And if we would just let the preserver lead us back to his way, 
It's beautiful what it really feels like in that satisfaction. I've showed you two things that we need to do as far as characteristics of persistent dependence. I just showed you what God does. Look at the last three ones, 43 through 48. If we're going to be persistent in our dependence, we've got to keep hoping, we've got to keep living, and we've got to keep delighting in how good this is. So I'm trying to help you see today how good this is and what it does for our life. Look at the hoping. Lord, never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I've put my hope in this. All those promises, God, my hope is in this. I got nothing else. Where else am I going to run when I've screwed up? Where else am I going to run where I've done so well and I don't turn it into self-glorification, but I turn it into your glorification? Do you see both sides of that? Disgrace leads us to shame. Success leads us to self-glorification. God just wants us to live in the middle of grace. You're not that good at times. And you're amazingly awesome sometimes, but I made you and gave you all that ability. Hope. Keep hoping that that's all true. Look what it then says. And I love these three will statements. God, I will obey forever and ever to the end. God, I will walk about in freedom because these precepts preserve me and they keep me away from what is not preserving me. And Lord, guess what? This stuff is so good, I'm going to tell some people. I will speak of it before kings and I won't feel ashamed that I believe in this radical love that is life-changing. And then look at delighting. For I delight in your commands because I love them. And I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. Where are you putting your hope? More in this or in other things? How are you living out the word? What do you need to confess? What do you need to say to declare, I will, I want to, I will? Where are you with delighting today? Because if you come back to our big idea, finding the way does involve persistent dependence. It really is, if you hear that title again, a long obedience in the same direction. And look what it involves. And here's what's beautiful. Our part is pleading and turning and hoping and living and delighting. But we can trust that God will do his part. God will do his part. And here's the best part. Because of what Jesus did for for us, we don't have to do this on our own. Belief in Jesus enables the Holy Spirit to work in us so then we become people with the Spirit of God. I'm going to plead with the Spirit for your help. God, I'm going to plead with the help of the Spirit to turn away. Help me turn away with you. Use your Spirit to help me turn away and to hope and to live And it's really only the Spirit that can make us delight in this. Isn't that true? It really is only the Spirit. We have to have a change of heart by the Spirit to help us delight in this. So let's remember as you go today, the gratitude and awe will help you most get to persistent dependence. Remember, my dog always comes back for the salami, right? Because he is great, or she has great gratitude for salami and a great awe of it. What is the gratitude and awe that could lead you back to pleading and turning and living and hoping and delighting? Will you take a moment right now? I'm going to pray for us. 
Look at this final question. Since you know God will do his part, what part do you need to do? Confess and pray right now. What do you want to say to him? This is your time. Feel no shame. Actually feel delight of how much he loves you and wants to walk with you. Take a moment. God, thank you for this day. Help us, God, to follow more and more and more in the way that brings life and blessing. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.